Better work presentations are possible. They're called Canva presentations. You can supercharge your work decks with Canva presentations. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Just start with a prompt and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds or with a stunning template and add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from their massive media library. You save time and you wow your audience. Mm -hmm. I have never made one of these presentations and I never will, but there's a reason why Canva (laughs) is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. 90%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah, let's get it to 100%, guys. Come on. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations by heading to canva.com. Designed for work. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, my name is Mila Kunis. And I feel irrelevant about being on friends. Irrelevant? <laughs> yes, because you have so many friends. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the podcast that gives and never takes. Just made that up. Doesn't really make sense. Joined as always by my chums, my pals, my amigos, Mm -hmm. my compadres, Mm. my uh, compatriots, Mm -hmm. my comrades Mm. as part of the late 1970s Brezhnev era Soviet Union. Of course. Mm. Uh, Sona, good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, Matt Gorley. Hi, boss. How are you? Do you really think of me as your boss? Because you never act like it. Oh. Well, you never act like my boss. No, I'm a completely yeah. <laughs> irresponsible boob. Yeah. I don't think we do have that. I don't think we have that dynamic Mm-mm. where uh, anyone fears me or shows respect. Well, there is like a bullying side of you that's kind of like an old school boss. Oh, please. Yeah. We all know that's a character. No. And the real oh, no. me. Oh, you know what's funny? I did have someone on the street who's a big fan of the podcast come up to me. They really love the podcast. And then they said, are you really mad at Gorley? And I said, no, I'm not. He's <laughs> he's great. And they went, oh, it's really funny, but and boy, does he really get you going. And I was like, I... <laughs> so I wanted you to know uh-huh. that people see what's really happening. People see what's really happening. <laughs> that the world knows. I want you to know that. Thank you. The world sees me uh, for the tyrant that I am. Yeah. That's how you feel like a boss, I guess. Like, oh, boss is here. What's he going to be like? Or daddy's here. I just don't want to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah. you would never, you're not the butt of jokes. Uh, oh, right, I'm where? sorry. I'm, I didn't have my glasses on. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my God, it's Sona. Sona. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I didn't see you. I thought you were Indira Gandhi. <laughs> revered. I didn't see that you were Sona Mosesian. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, no, no. People don't make jokes about Indira Gandhi, but yes, you. Yeah, no, you. But many I, jokes. I, I I fear you in the sense of I don't want to ever trigger something that makes you do a whole bit and yeah. then the whole room is laughing at me and then you make me high five you because yeah. that is here's, so humiliating. I, here's a genius thing that I came up with, which is, uh, and I, I should get, you know, if people are getting Nobel prizes for creating fission or fusion, I think I should get 
a Nobel Prize for the fact that I will get a whole room laughing at my bit about Sona while she's there. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put my hand up for a high five and she has to give the high five. She just does. Why yeah. do you do it? You have to. You would do it too. You just do because when, when people are laughing that hard and you put up a hand for a high five, it's there's this flow of energy that you have to go along with. You're like in a little <sighs> kayak and you're being rocketed at 180 miles an hour. And I, I anyone on staff, when I put that hand up and it, the whole room is laughing at them, they put their hand up for the high five. This yeah. is just like people being complicit to tyrants in history. You you think you would never do it, but you can't ever say exactly. it until you're in that moment. Yes, yes. And this is really- the I'm glad you I, agree with this no, analogy. No, the reason, I, the reason I do it is to teach people that this is how tyrants- get away with what they get away with. This is my way of- You're educating people? There you go. No, I think you're a sick person. Yeah. <laughs> well, a yeah. sick, I've, had men, I've been educated by many very sick people. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot of teachers are sick, uh, you know, tyrants in their own way. Yeah. Do you think you're a normal boss? Oh, God, no. Yeah. It's a mess. So you take responsibility for this. Yeah, I mean, as long as there are no consequences, I take full responsibility. Okay. Would you ever do Undercover Boss? Oh, I think people, that's a great idea. I've watched that show, Undercover Boss. I think people would know it was it's me. A, it would be impossible. Well, yeah. I don't see how you disguise me and not know it's me. Because yeah, yeah. it is it is like you take Sesame Street's Big Bird and you put glasses on him and a mustache. <laughs> people are going to, and yeah. then he, he's under he's undercover boss at Sesame Street. People are like, oh my God, Big Bird, what are you doing? That's <laughs> yeah. what it would be yeah. like. It You'd is. have to do like down on your knees with shoes at your knees, like Dorf. Like know? Dorf on golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great Tim yeah. Conway's invention. Yes. Yeah. I would do that. I would have to do something radical yeah. or have radical facial surgery <laughs> um, that's permanent. But it would be fun to go on Undercover Boss. What would people say about me if I came in and you didn't recognize me and my name was Otto? Oh. Otto Struden. Um, <laughs> but I was raised in America. All right, right, well, let's role play this. Okay. You come, you're Otto Struden. Okay. Hello, I'm here for my first day of work. I'm Otto Struden. Oh, hi, Otto. What's your job here? I was um, hired to uh, keep the canisters that are filled with the podcast wow. uh, tape. <laughs> huh. I, Canisters. Well, yeah. in, in I don't my part of Eastern Germany, it. we still use canisters okay. of tape okay. for podcasts. Well, welcome, welcome. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, I'm to work for Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. He is a, I mean, in Europe, he is legendary podcast man and humor <laughs> fellow. Oh, okay. So I'm very excited. Everybody says, oh, wow. Conan O'Brien, he is... Temper your expectations. Well, yeah. when you say, well, why are you saying? He's just going to ridicule you. He's going to belittle you, make you feel small, and then make you high five him. Oh, yeah. 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 Sounds, sounds fun. So he includes me in the joke, and then we all laugh. That's but, great. No, you're not included in the joke. You're the butt of the joke. Yeah. Well, the joke is joke. Mm. Uh, who cares if butt or 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 one plain joke? Uh, fun, fun for all. No, yes. No, and he's going to make fun of your accent for sure. Yeah. Oh well, it should. I should learn English if I'm to make it here. So that is his way of spurring me on to new heights. The way you look too. So Why? tall. What is wrong with all this red hair? Yeah. Oh no, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I I don't care. To me, just to me. This man, this Conan man, this humor man, who is known throughout the world as best ever. Oh, no. no Whoever he, told you that was... Oh, he rocks USA. He's oh, the no. best. Wow, that's he weird that you said that. My mom said the exact same thing to him. So, well, strange. she is right to say it. Oh, okay. So I get to meet him, and then he would even high-five me. That's such an honor. Hey, uh, no you, boss is... Uh, uh, your it, nose just fell on the table. What's, what's happening? Oh, I, I'm having... Excuse me, let me get it... 
and put back on. Oh, yes, I had surgery in my country. Um, I live near a nuclear plant. Oh. Nose fall off sometimes. Wow. There we go. It's back on now. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're, and your your hair seems to be peeling up at the seams. Oh, yes, yes. Again, uh, very strange side effect of sausage I eat in country. Yeah. Corin, best. Oh, he's no. best. Mm. So lucky that you all work for him and yet you bitch and moan oh. and whine and complain about working with great humor man. Do you know what passive aggressive means? It sounds to me like if he's good at it, then God bless him. <laughs> no. Uh, no. He, he's best guy ever. I, no. This is no. incredible. I think Do you, you the- are a spoiled Americans. Oh, boo-hoo. We don't like working with great humor God. It's no fun. Ich bist arschlich Ich dein Oh, God. Oh, oh Sorry, I just get so excited about Conan. All your costume elements fell off. Oh, hi, guys. Hi. Did I have you fooled? Mm. Anyway, well, that was, was me all along. Yeah. I wish you guys liked me more. But I guess you don't. Let's get to it. Okay. We got a great show today. <laughs> I wish that, that ended really sad. I know. It ended with me realizing how much I'm loathed. No. You know, I am I am excited about this guest. She is one of my favorite people. You know this to be true. Sarah. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, you know, I I'm think always, we all love her. I'm She's always, nice to true. everybody when she comes here. Uh, yes. She is the mirror image of me. <laughs> no, she really is. She is one of my all-time favorite human beings. She's just a lovely person. Uh, my guest today is a very talented actress, you know, from such films and TV shows as Black Swan, Bad Moms, That 70s Show, and Family Guy. Now you can see her in the new Netflix movie, Luckiest Girl Alive. I am delighted, as Theodore Roosevelt would say, I am delighted she's with us today. Mila Kunis, welcome. You have so many friends. I don't. Do you really think I do? Yeah. Because I don't. I have a lot of acquaintances. Everyone claims to be your friend. Conan, the amount of times I've heard, oh, Conan's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Do they say that? My friend? He's my friend. Conan's my good friend. He's my friend. You down south a lot. uh, Last time you, I think you said, uh, what did you, what was last time? Indifferent. Indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've gone from indifferent to irrelevant. (laughs) Well, sometimes it takes you a while to text me back. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's true. So I feel like there's something we can work on. We can build off of this. You know, uh, we had a text thing going recently. Yeah. This is pretty juicy. (laughs) 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 But I think uh, you're, uh, because I saw BJ Novak's movie, uh, Vengeance. Which is fantastic. And uh, texted you to just tell Ashton that I thought he killed it in that mm-hmm. movie. He was so good. Yeah. And then we started going back and forth and, you know. It was and just, then you just left me. I just, I ghosted you. You ghosted me. Yeah. I did, uh, <laughs> you ghosted I totally me. ghosted you. But then I went around yelling at people, I just ghosted Mila Kunis. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Doesn't that make me a cool person? No one thought that it was cool, No. Okay. I'll pay you uh, a compliment. You are one of the nicest and 
most real people I've met that's in this business, you may actually have the top slot. Really? Because, yes. Seriously, since the day I met Mila years ago when you came and did the show, and then I think we chatted afterwards about play, you know, where you thought you could get like the cheapest t-shirts. Oh yeah. Uh, I <laughs> and and I swear I swear to God, there is a saying in show business that, well, that person went through the machine. Yeah. Have you ever, you've heard that yeah. saying where like people get started and I saw it so many times on my show. And I won't name names, but I saw people come up when they were really young and they were a guest on the show and they had just hit and they were so full of life. And then the next time I saw them, like a year later, they were cautious. They kind of looked different. Yeah. Publicists had been working on them. They had, and it's called going through the machine and it can sometimes be sort of a sad experience. And I, I swear to God, you have never changed. That is rare. Oh. It is. That's sad. But I think I got really lucky. I Why? really do. I, I, I never was screwed up. I did dumb things. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think that I came up in a time before social media. Mm-hmm. And so when I was turning, call it like 1920 was the beginning of Perez Hilton. And I, I coined a lot of this going through the machine of like being cautious. And now everybody has to worry about what they say, how they say, what they look, because everything is so documented. I didn't have that. Right. And so I was still able to be lazy for the lack of it. Like I didn't have to try to be anything other than myself because it wasn't being documented anywhere. And I I really, I feel really bad for anyone who's coming up now who's like 16, 15, even whatever to like 25, because it's such a growing period in your life. And to mm-hmm. have that be blasted. And now with this idea that we are holding people responsible for what they said 10 years ago, yeah, none of that. I mean, you, you know, you can't do this. Anyways, it's, uh, I got very lucky and I have it, awesome parents. It's it's it, fascinating because there's this site now, uh, Dumois. Yeah, yes. And they're constantly, and basically it's everybody, anybody can sort of do a posting, I guess, and say what they saw. <laughs> and I have a friend that follows it and he says like, dude, every time your name pops up, you're at the same place eating sushi. <laughs> and it's this place not far from our house. It's really good called Sugarfish. And my kids really like it. And my wife likes it. So we're like, so one of them will say, let's go to Sugarfish. Okay, let's go to Sugarfish. And so the postings are just like, Colonel O'Brien at Sugarfish having some editorial hand roll. And then the next post, like a week later, will be like, Colonel O'Brien at Sugarfish having two editorial hand rolls. And then at one point, the posting was, Dude likes his sushi. <laughs> yeah. But you can imagine, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, if I was a known person when I was 15, 15, there would have been a lot of, you know, Conan buying acne cream. Oh. Yeah, but also like, don't you think it's 15? Stealing acne cream. Conan, you would never steal. I, I wouldn't. I, I know. But my assistant. Would. That's why you have one. Yeah. Um, I, I steal. But don't you think that <laughs> guys, what a, this is a whole other podcast to unravel? Yeah. Do, you, do you watch all the murders in the building? Yes, of course. Okay, so this is what this. Oh. I love those guys. Okay, let's just digress. Um, I do too. I don't know them. I'm sure they're your friends and you text them back. I don't know. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this re- this relationship Possibly. now starts reminding me of the podcast relationship in that show. You know, uh, with Poppy. Yes. You are the Poppy. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't anymore. I just need to clarify I don't steal anymore. <laughs> You I don't stopped steal. stealing. No. Well, did you're you ever a mother. steal? She's I a- did. I used to have like a shoplifting thrill. Like what? Little bracelets from Express or a headband from Urban Outfitters. Just to be like, I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the thrill. 
Yeah, we've yeah. actually wanted to do a remote where I make her go back to all the stores that she stole from <laughs> yeah. and and confess and return the merchandise, which I think would be, that thing would go viral yeah. if we put that out there. But you um, you have twin boys now yeah. who are a year old. Yeah. And there's oh, always the, the, the worry that they will grow up knowing their mother is the criminal she is. So. <laughs> well, you bring it up all the time, yeah, so they're going to know regardless. They She brought her kids to the studio the other day, Mikey and Charlie, in the beautiful beautiful one-year-old boys and I just am playing with them and shouting your mother stole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awful I, I oddly believe it I it's true oh, I, I, it did happen yeah that makes sense I'm a terrible person uh, very on brand Conan <laughs> I do think I do think even if you had grown up in this age you'd have figured it out because I, I you just have that quality of you're always yourself yeah and um, you know who I, you are yeah so yes you did a lot of crazy things when you were 15. I mean, crazy. I was still in comparison to other children. I was a very good kid. Mm -hmm. Like I worked so I had responsibilities so you can only be so crazy or I wouldn't have a job. And I loved what I did. It says here you flew cocaine into Miami. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was different. That was just me was finding myself. <laughs> I know it's that, a job. You got was, paid yeah, that hundreds was of thousands of dollars. That was experimental. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if I ever did what would I've, I've never done hardcore drugs. It's just no me neither. No, me neither. I, yeah. But everybody thought I did when I was a teenager. They really, every time I went out to a club and I used to go to like clubs, I didn't drink. I mean, I would have like, if someone snuck me like a vodka soda, I'd have a couple sips, but I was responsible because I knew I had to drive home. But everybody would go to the bathroom and they'd be like, you, you got some? And I was like, oh, do you need like a tampon? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like I was, and they were like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I am so sorry. I kept apologizing. I'm so sorry. I don't do that yeah. my whole life. And no one, yeah. I think I've mentioned this before, but in college, I didn't do anything. And I walked into a room once and it was a scene out of like Pretty in Pink where the bad guys are all wearing white tuxedos, white tuxedo <laughs> oh. jackets. But I walked into a room and it's like three guys in white tuxedo jackets with their ties undone. And they were cutting up lines and they were like, Hey man, you want some Coke? And I said, hmm, my father is a doctor. <laughs> he says it interrupts the heart rhythm. Oh my God. And they were like, they looked oh at no. me and I went, it interferes with the neural signals. You know what a nerd I am and I want to pound you. I know. Trust me. Trust me. I gave him a lecture on interrupting the heart rhythm. Okay. See your doctor before using. Okay, wait. Can I use that prescription cocaine? But wait, did it work at deterring you from doing Doing drugs? Oh, well, I mean, I think I just was not. Yes. The fact that my father was a doctor and we didn't take aspirin unless he. But he gave you a logical explanation. It wasn't oh, yeah. feelings. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we live in LA. LA has taken an interesting turn during COVID when it comes to mental health and, and people experiencing homelessness on the streets and whatnot. And so we were super isolated. And at one point we're like, we got to get the kids out of the house. It's, you know, like, let's go get ice cream. Let's just go and get them ice cream. It's mm -hmm. put on masks. We'll be safe. You know, this is when we all thought that COVID was still attacking us. Like it could just come out of nowhere. So we go to the ice cream shop. We go get um, ice cream. We sit down outside for like one of the first times. Okay. We take our masks off. So we're like, wow, we're all eating our ice cream. I'm not kidding too. My kids are six and four at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This woman experiencing homelessness who's clearly dealing with mental health issues walks down uh, Ventura, sits down next to us and decides to have an overdose oh next my to my children oh. and my husband and our friends. And we were like, um, 
And none of us knew what to do. And my kids started asking questions, right? I mean, forget like the ambulance coming. They were just like, is she okay? What is happening? And we ended up having to have a very logical conversation with them about what are drugs mm-hmm. and what they do to you. And my husband went super detailed. Oh. And I was like, babe, babe, there's A, there's six and four. I'm not sure if this is going to work on a tactic. But if you, <laughs> which is why I was asking about your dad. I love that Ashton had morgue photos. <laughs> Look at this. 22 years old, dead. Yeah. Yeah. Six weeks dead. This one yeah. was taken long after their necrotic tissue. Yes. Ashton, why do you have that? <laughs> yes, but with also like details of what the chemistry of the drug does to your brain. And my kids are six and four. Anyways, if you talk to them now, they have that. They're like, no, it messes up your brain and I don't want, my, like they will now. That's regret. great. So um, yeah, I, it was one way of starting this conversation. Mind you, they've literally taken an antibiotic for their earache and they didn't know of anything else in the world existed until that moment. Wow. Six and four. Yeah, I did not. I mean, I've talked about this before, but I, I, you know, come from hardcore Irish Catholic people and there's you two do? Ways, there, yeah. <laughs> no. You've never mentioned that. Half, so weird. Half Irish, half Iraqi. Okay. So it's a, it's a mix and it's a good yeah, mix. Yeah. Right? Oh, with Iraqi. But yeah, my Iraqi side sides. really likes to hit the booze. Uh-huh. So I... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But in my family, there was a... There's two ways to go. Like there's too much drinking, but in my family, it was uh, fear of alcoholism. Just terrible fear of it. So my parents didn't touch it. We had a completely dry house, nothing. And so I never had anything. I didn't have a sip of alcohol the whole time I was in college. Wow. And uh, worked for the comedy magazine, which is basically uh, all alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in charge, which kind of worked because I would- be in charge of like, yes, we need 75 gallons of gin in a giant tank. Will you be having any? I'll have none. Thank you. Just some buttermilk for me. Um, what made you then have the first glass? Uh, my genetic uh, <laughs> destiny. It just kind of took away. Yeah, I think I started having, uh, I think I started having beer and then a light, like appreciating wine and okay. then realizing that... Um, Sadly, people liked me better when I had had like two glasses of wine because I was, I did, speaking of, I did go to a doctor once and he was saying like, you got to tell me, what have you, what other drugs do you take? And I said, well, I'm I'm on Lipitor to lower my cholesterol and I'm, you know, uh, I take an aspirin at night to lower my chances of stroke and heart heart attack and a baby aspirin, not not a full aspirin, a baby aspirin, sir. And then he said, no, seriously, you have to tell me about the drugs you do if I'm going to help you uh, and be your doctor. And I said, I don't, I really don't do any drugs. And he said, you have to be honest with me. And I said, what are you getting at? And he said, you don't do cocaine. And I said, no. And he said, I've seen your show. Oh, wow. And he really was like, you're telling me this guy that's like, I don't do do and help did I? And a ca, 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 ca. He was convinced that I was on uh, that I was on coke. And I'm like, you're, no, that's me. You're a genetic cokehead. I'm a genetic, yes, I am. <laughs> my body is putting out a steady stream of pure Peruvian cocaine. Oh my God. Uh, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, but I think um so at some point, I think in my late 20s, I realized so funny when I have like two glasses of red wine. People so, like you. So people are like, hey, <laughs> I can kind of talk to him. Yeah, brings yeah. you down. Yeah. 
That's true. Jim Downey, who's the head writer at Saturday Night Live when I worked there for years and genius comedy writer. When Norm MacDonald passed away, oh, yeah, he and I were talking and he was like, oh my God, that's so rough about, tough about Norm, but the, the things people are saying are so lovely. And I went, yeah, it's really great what they're saying. And he said, <laughs> I mean, when you go, people, there'll be a lot of people saying nice things, but you know, it'll all be mixed in. And he wasn't doing a bit. He, I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, there were people that say like, no, he was really funny, but you know, sometimes he could, maybe he could have toned it down a little bit. <gasps> he could be a little. He could. He could be a little much at times, and I'm like, okay, Jim, that's fine. Let's just talk. Go back to talking about Norm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that's messed up. He could be a strong dose. Let's just say, you know, Conan, you know, you're a strong dose, and I went. I, I didn't really realize it. <laughs> like, no. Strong dose. Strong dose. But uh, yeah. Wow. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil. And not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown-ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. My God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Cap'n Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> but when they came up with oops, all berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know, I wanted to ask you about something, which is I heard that you're doing this thing, which totally plays into what we're talking about, but that over COVID, you got sort of into sustainable farming. Oh, yeah. And this sounds so <laughs> Farming you. seems a little, I'm try, I'm not a farmer, let me just say, but yes, go Can on. I just say you're wearing overalls <laughs> right true. now? You are. You are wearing overalls. It's really taken on a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yes, my sustainable farming. Well, mm -hmm. no, I'm curious because yep. I, uh, 
I know that I'm I'm a very impatient person, and so and I know you're a very impatient. You could not sustainably farm. You I would, couldn't do you'd be it. Shouting you do at, need, You want it like wait, what would I be? You'd shouting? be like shouting at the plants like <laughs> oh. two days into it. Like when do I get to eat you? Would yeah. you? Oh, are, are you? Do I you mean, have a knack for it? I don't have a knack, but I but no, I don't. But I but I happen to have bought some good soil. That's my. Uh-huh. I honestly have like a black thumb. It, everything takes way longer to grow than you think. I'm super grateful for grocery stores. We would all be dead if we were living off of my sustainable farming skills. Okay, so let me say that first and foremost. We'd all be dead. We'd have no food. Maybe a strawberry. Um, uh-huh. But the experience uh-huh. that it has given us has been like we thought we were going to kind of just do it a little bit over COVID, and then it just kind of stuck. And um, yeah, like okay, I'll tell you a story. I was like, you know what? We were in Canada. And I became friends with this woman named Judith who was in the house next door to us. And she was lovely towards our kids. She was like a grandma and she took our kids on and would take them to the library. Like she was this beautiful older woman. And so she farmed on her rooftop and she would grow these unbelievable tomatoes. I mean, tomatoes that I have, I was like, this is what a tomato is supposed to taste like. She goes, okay, you have to go to it was something like heirloomtomatoes.com. And I was like, Judith. She goes, no, I swear. <laughs> so I do. I go on heirloomtomatoes.com and I buy every strand I can to grow in a region. They all took. I didn't do anything. I planted them. I put some soil. I watered. The, yeah, I learned that you have to water the ground, not the actual plant. You learn a little bit of things. <laughs> but now I'm only in one business. So I'm only in the tomato business. Like I have no other. Like I'm not the smartest at figuring it out. So like at one point I grew hundreds of carrots. Hundreds. No one needs hundreds of carrots <laughs> right, all at once. Right, right. So I feel like my timing on my farming is questionable. But we did grow tomatoes, carrots, zucchinis, watermelon. I'm still growing because I, I I don't know why, but it's taken like nine months. Um, corn, which we harvested, and then we grew soybeans for to like nourish the ground, not to actually eat. Oh, which amazing. soybeans grow like weeds. Wait, so it sounds like you're quite good at this. No, I'm really not though. I swear. Like if something goes wrong, I either Google or call my gardener. Like I don't know enough. Well, you're on but- your way. I mean, we started over uh, COVID, we started composting and my oh, wife yeah. got really, Liza got really into it. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is it's all about the worms. Yeah. In, in your And so she kept going out to check on the worms and make sure the worms are okay. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, it's, you know, we're, it's time to watch our H- HBO Max show or our Netflix show. And she'd be like, I got to go check on the worms. <laughs> and then I realized that I was fighting for attention. Yeah. My wife with worms. I knew worms. that's where this was with, And it was, yeah, but it was, in, it enraged me because there was, <laughs> there's been like 18 years of, okay, we have these kids and I understand that I'm second- <laughs> To these children and that they come you first. You got replaced by worms. I got replaced by worms. <laughs> the timing is interesting. Yeah. I know. I know. Exactly. She saw that they're like getting ready to leave yeah. the nest and she said, anything, <laughs> anything that doesn't even have to be sentient. It doesn't have to have consciousness or a soul. Just worms. Wait, I want to compost. Yeah. And composting is actually, you get used to it. I want to uh, do it. But my concern is animals. I don't know. Do you live, do you attract animals? Because then I started reading about it and it said that if you live in an area with wild animals, which we have a mountain lion, a bobcat, coyotes, I don't want to attract them. No. First of all, I attract animals, but they're (laughs) huge uh, fans of niche comedy. Um, (laughs) Loud over the top. (laughs) No, you know, the bobcats hang out with me for a little bit and then they're like, he's a little much. (laughs) 
I wish he'd have two glasses of red wine. Man, then I could handle him. But, uh, you know, there's a way that you can build the the, the, the composting sort of bin so that it's- There's no smell? N- that, yeah, it's protected from uh, from animals. And so from predators or people that would want to, you know, get in there. And the biggest, we have dogs and they're the first ones that would want to get in there. So this is me talking as a guy who my wife does pretty much all of it. That's yeah. why I'm not qualified to really speak about it. But I know that she explained this to me early on before she started cheating on me. With the worms. With, yeah. <laughs> with worms. You're going to go and murder the worms. <laughs> no, I wouldn't murder them. Uh, I might move them to another place. But uh, no, I, I just think that's, there's, we all have this fantasy of not needing to go anywhere. Like I don't need to go to the supermarket. Yeah. But I know. We still do. <laughs> I'm not, this is, you know. Yeah, there's no, I mean, and also all the things I like can't be grown. Right. Yeah, Exactly. But we also are we try when we built our house, we try to make it as off the grid as the city would let us. So we are uh, well water, can't drink it, but we do everything else with well water. And then we're fully 100% solar powered. Why can't, oh wow, why can't you drink the well water? It's just not drinkable, drinkable quality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The city doesn't recommend it, but you can like use it to, you can do all, like you can, you use can it. irrigate with it, exactly. you can do everything you need to do with it. So that, yeah, exactly. Did you buy a property specifically because you knew it had a well? No. It was just there? You randomly dig. I swear, you spend five, it's $5,000 if I don't, like $5,000 and they go, yeah, well, $5,000 a shot. And they honestly come with some tools, something, and they go, mm, there. Oh, no. And then no, no, I've, I've had experience with this years ago where uh, I lived in a place that you could dig a well and you, you someone comes out. And they dig the well and you pay them mm-hmm. to dig the well, you know, with with uh, with a giant uh, drill that drills down. But they dig the well. They're there all day and they go, yep, nothing there. Yeah. Oh. So you owe me five. Yeah. <laughs> you like it's weird, but you're just like, oh, maybe he'll find the, the aquifer. I don't know. Yeah. We got lucky and the guy happened to have. Wait, wait, we didn't know. We could have struck out and had nothing, but we we're like, let's just try and see. Oh. And so we dug a hole and they're like, yeah, you got it. We were like, whoa, it happened. But it's a it's a crapshoot. Do you have critters? Do you have like Tons. Uh, what kind of critters do you have? Um, not including like rats, mice, like the like that. I include like, rats and mice oh, as critters. They're have, all God's creatures. They were on the ark with Noah. <laughs> they sh- I wish they weren't. Right. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Noah let everyone on. He was like, well, no, we need a male and female COVID. <laughs> yeah. Noah, you don't need to bring in. Nope, we got to bring them all in. <laughs> Yeah, some could have been next out. What do we have? All right, I'll tell you about the seer sightings. We have rattlesnakes. We have- um, Oh, okay, that I'm not doing. I, oh, I can't yeah. do rattlesnakes. I, I can't either. It's not like, I, I don't disagree. It's awful. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to name drop here, but I had a- uh, A fancy friend that you text back. <laughs> text back immediately. Oh, uh, Pee Wee Herman invited me um, to, over to his, we were going to go out to dinner. He said, yeah, just stop by my house. And so- I walk up and his house is like, it's all kind of, he's got lots of uh, plants and everything everywhere. And it's, it feel, it's, it's very kind of natural. And so you're making your way through this narrow path and it's lots of, you know, shrubs grow, that have grown out and you get to the door and I finally got to the door and I knocked on the door and he let me in and we chatted for a little bit and he was like, okay, it's time to go. And he stepped outside and he put on giant special boots and I said, what are those for? And he said, oh, rattlesnakes all over the place. 
So uh, when I walked to the car, I wear these and I said, and it was the same path that I had just come up on. Uh-oh. And I'm not, I'm, you know, wearing, you know, open-toed sandals and short shorts. Because that's how I roll. And, uh, <laughs> with little dead mice like, hanging Yeah, off exactly. Uh, yeah, with bacon wrapped around them. And I was like, Paul, you didn't. He was like, oh, you're probably okay. <laughs> oh. Well, that, we that seems excessive. Okay, so it's not like we have ours just like greeting you at the door. But we've had like two on our property this year. And then tons of gopher snakes. You don't care about those. They're good. They kind of eat all the mice and rats. We did see like a mouse outside. And then we have bunnies. We have a big bunny population in our uh, backyard. Um, is a bunny just a rabbit? It's just a nicer term. Uh, is he? Is yeah, there, it's is a cute term a, for rabbit? Yeah, yeah. bunny. Yeah. Okay, it's bunny. a rabbit. All right. I didn't know if there was a separate like, it's not in a children's hair. books, there are bunnies, but. Uh, oh, like well, kitty. It's like kitty. But there's a hair and a hair has those oh, big floppy ears. Floppy. We don't okay. have those. We definitely have like the cottontail wild bunnies. Okay. Um, they're super cute. Then we have a bobcat. We have oh. a mountain lion. Um, we have a family of deer. And oh, one of the wow. deers this year had a baby on our property, which That's is so cool. interesting. Cause we all, I love that. It's all beautiful, but we have dogs yeah. who don't find it as beautiful as one would. And so the dogs had to get the short end of the stick. Once the baby was born, we were like, you cannot go outside. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so the dogs had to be constantly like shepherded away until the baby was like old enough to jump the fence back. I have a, and I'm not, this is going to sound like a bit, but it's not. I've had like a weird fantasy about wrestling like a bobcat, fighting a bobcat in the wild. You've brought it up okay. a number I of have, times. I've brought yeah. it up, but I mountain That's bike. That's weird. I mountain yeah. bike up in the hills and people have told me, oh yeah, on this trail, sometimes you run across like a mountain lion or a bobcat. And I'm like, man, that's a way to go. Like if I jumped oh, off, if I just jumped off my bike and the, would, the you bobcat would, you and I want got to? into it. I don't really want to, but yeah. there's part of me that thinks about it a lot. Like me and a bobcat going at it because then I think I'd get the respect that I'm lung. No, you'll die so fast. Yeah. I know, but think about the funeral. People are like, he was an what's idiot. So, what, yeah. no, was they'll an, be like, yeah, he's yeah, an yeah. idiot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. going in, that's not the way you want to go. I also think you really, you think it would all be idiot? Wouldn't anybody? No. Wouldn't Johnny Knoxville be like, man, I got to go to that funeral? I think no. you're also thinking no. of a mountain lion because a bobcat is basically like this. Yes, big. the little one. I want, want the little, little one. one? Yeah. I want to fight a very small animal. <laughs> a house cat perhaps yes yeah, okay. i'm constantly trying to we have two cats i'm constantly trying to corner it and fight yeah, there it there you go you can train yeah that's normal <laughs> you're right we got to get the size of the animal correct yeah, yeah. but i think what if I, i'm killed by an animal that literally is about like eight inches long <laughs> and then no one's coming to my funeral <laughs> right no. yeah he, he <laughs> <laughs> he got a mauled by a guinea yeah, pig. Yeah, Conan got into it with a into a ham. There was a hamster that got loose from an elementary school, and still Conan he was a bit much. Conan got off of his bike. <laughs> oh my god! The hamster thought Conan's a bit much. He seems a little coked up, and they fought, and Conan lost. I did want to ask you about yeah. because it's in the news every single day, and I know this is a huge issue for you. It's uh, the least funny thing to bring up in the world, but I think about Ukraine every day. Uh, uh, just because it is such a big part of the news. And um, I know that this is your, this is where your people are from, you know, is Ukraine. And I, I, I watch, follow the news every day. And I think we're watching, people love to armchair quarterback and talk about how, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, you know, we really should have stood up to 
Sure. You know, fascism. Sure. And if I were alive then, I really would have stood up. You know, we really needed to stand up to Hitler in 36 Mm -hmm. or 70. And I really do feel like we're seeing this play out right now. And when people are indifferent about it or indifferent about Putin or in in any way, Mm -hmm. I think you understand that this is the defining fight right now Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And 25 years from now, people are going to be seeing this as a very important outcome. For the world. I yeah, think that, for, the, that for the entire world. For the world, yes, correct. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to get all heavy, but I just thought, I kind of felt like I know this is important to you uh, and wanted to talk about it because it, uh, especially with the way the news has been unrolling. No, I appreciate with it. With Putin getting incredibly desperate and back on his heels. And yeah. You know, it's one of these situations where I think everybody wishes and it's it's weird how this war is affecting some people and and, it, and other people are like, it's just a war over there. It doesn't affect me. And I understand that because I look at most wars over there and they don't affect me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying to go, even if I wasn't from this country, even if I was had no association with it, you have to look at this war as a defining moment for the West. In, on so many, I won't go into politics, but what this will do to China if X person wins. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's so yeah. many players here. And I was like, so just look at it strategically as like, this is a very important war. Not like, should you care about the people or the refugees? I, if you don't have time for that, I totally respect that. You have busy, you got bills to pay, you got food to put on the table. I get it. But just remember that this is the the breaking point for whether or not democracy lives or or where democracy falls on the global scale. And that's the only thing that I ask of people. Like, just keep reading the news. Keep getting yourself invested. You don't have to do money or time. I mean, other than information. That being said, you look at what's happening in Iran right now. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about that either because that's not on the global scale, right? Like, that, if, what... That that country is going to handle. That's not anyone's problem because it's isolated. It's not going to trigger a nuclear war. They look at Russia and Ukraine and the only when people got upset, like, why is the Why? Because when it was popular, I got pushed back of like, I, this is only popular because and they would give some BS reasoning. They don't talk about other wars or other natural disasters this way. And I was like, that is true. They should all talk about everything that's happening. But this has not happened in a very long time since the 80s, where there was this fear of a bigger problem. Yeah. But I go back to no one's talking about the women in Iran right now or what's happening there either. So there's like a there's a part of me that goes, you can only solve so many problems. Otherwise, it becomes overwhelming. The idea of like, how do I help there? What do I do there? How do I assist there? What can be done becomes insanely overwhelming. And so I think that's where our focus just kind of naturally went to logistics, going back to like logic, like how do you deal with things? And as much as I want to deal with emotion and take every kid in and save every mother and go in there and like Mm -hmm. give everyone a hug, that's not the best use of time or energy at this point. And so we try to solve problems with logic. So we try to go logistics on everything. But that's how I could, I, otherwise I would get incredibly overwhelmed. Which so is what's the, the logic and logistics you use in, in for uh, Ukraine? Ukraine? Yeah. I know so, that you've, you and Ashton have raised a ton of money. Yeah. I think we wanted to ban, honestly, we wanted to bandaid a problem until mm-hmm. the government step in. Because realistically, war is a billion trillion dollar um, solution. By all means, it's not millions. Mm-hmm. And so it was like 20, 48 hours in, 24 hours in. And we realized that people were just not, people kept calling, people were just so confused as to what they can do, right? Everybody, people in general, as human beings, want to feel like they're a part of something. They want to feel like they're a part of a solution. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel like they did their job. And it was showcased in social media when it was like, you know, repost this photo. And that means you stand with these people or turn your 
profile picture into this. And you saw that people naturally were doing the easy way, right? Like they're like, if I click this, that means I'm for it. So I made a difference and I feel good about myself. So the thing that Ash and I wanted to do was to make sure people felt good about themselves because it does take time. It does take effort, but also people want to post it, repost it and showcase it. Cool. We did this with COVID, with Quarantine Wine, where we were like, okay, how do we raise money, but also make people feel people like they're a part of something bigger, greater and so we did it through that and it was successful on that part. And so when we started this process, we just had to band-aid a problem and make people feel like they're making an immediate difference, right? So if you were like, hey, give me $10, I'm going to go and buy a bunch of blankets and toothpaste. By the time I do all that, things will already be different 20 times over where the war is. People are super generous at donating. So there's tons and tons of warehouses full of blankets and toilet papers and all of the um, necessities that are needed during a crisis moment. But getting it from point A to B is always difficult. And so we um, are part of this company called Flexport and they just do, you know, natural, you know, they, they fly cargoes, right? They fly, they ship cargo. They're just a cargo company. Um, there was a natural disaster in, um, oh gosh, I don't remember where it was, maybe Puerto Rico, but I don't remember where it was. And they pivoted and started doing like an NGO version to try to help because they realized that there was containers just sitting on the side, not being moved full of, you know, blankets and all, all like the emergency things that people need. So we, we facilitated that. So essentially what we did was we put point A to point B with um, with vetted NGOs on both sides that already had everything ready to ship. We didn't need your money for the product. We just needed your money for the shipments. See, that that to me it's makes a lot- my long-winded way. No, but that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because I think there's a sense, it can lead to apathy. People, I think most- People are good. I think. I think most I, people are great. I yes. think uh, Americans are very generous people. They for a historically, minute. yeah, and but they will. They do want to help. There's just an apathy that comes from. Is this really going to get where it needs to exactly. go? Exactly. And uh, you know, I know I felt it myself. Like I really want to help, but. Is this no really, one trusts anybody. Is Look this what's really, happening everywhere right now. Like yeah. all of the, you know, unfortunately, all of these big NGOs, the CEO is caught doing, taking 10% off the top or this CEO is caught stealing the money. It's happening all the time. So I don't blame people for not trusting or being tentative about donating their hard-earned $5, $10, let alone mm-hmm. 100 or 1,000. Yeah. But I think that hopefully... So we wanted to be super transparent. So we just kept posting videos about it and then showcasing the said plane going or the said cargo right. ship going. And so we're like, this is what we, and we did a, an outline of like how much money buys one flight round trip, how much money buys two cargoes. Like we, so we, you knew exactly where all the money was going. And then the housing of the refugees with Airbnb.org. That's already existing, right? So it's using existing infrastructure and amplifying that. Do you have any family in Ukraine? I have distant family. We were the last of my family to leave. So we were 91. Mm -hmm. Um, My family left, I have to think about it, right after World War II. So my family was in the Holocaust, right? So the ones that survived, some left in the 70s, some stayed. And then um, that was like one of the migrations was the 70s. And then the other one was like late 80s, early 90s, right at the fall. And so we were right at the fall, but we were the last of my immediate family to leave. We have some like distant. It's really, I know that you're very, uh, it's important to you that your kids know where they're from, that that they know about their lineage. Yeah. uh, Their uh, Ukrainian lineage. And I know Sona, like this has been a big thing since I've known you. Yeah. Armenia and your connection to Armenia is really important. Yes. And that that is something, it's harder for me to connect to say Ireland because we came here in the 19th century and mm-hmm. it just is so long ago and it it just doesn't feel it doesn't have that same intensity when someone's first generation yeah like where i feel like you you 
it's in your, it's, it's the, I guess the saying would be, it's in your blood, but it's stronger than that even. It just it feels is. like it really is. You have, a, you have a very strong connection. Yeah, you feel like you have to. Because, I'm sorry, my voice is a little, it's gone. That's why I sound like this. She it's, smoked a lot of pot. I just did. We cocaine. Went. Yeah. Lots yeah. of cocaine. Cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> laced <laughs> marijuana. Yeah. But also in our house, you know, we speak Armenian. We speak English. And then my husband is from Armenia, so he's also a Soviet. Yeah. And so they speak a lot of Russian, too. Yeah. So you probably know Russian, Ukrainian, and English. I don't speak Ukrainian. Oh, okay. Because I left in second grade, and that's when they start teaching Ukrainian. So Rus when I was there, Russia, Russian was the was the main language yeah i left at ussr so i left when everybody had to speak russia yeah there was no there, everything else was secondary so uh i think it was first or second grade you start learning ukrainian my but i left in second grade so i never finished up but if i heard ukrainian i attributed to like spanish and portuguese like it's this it's close enough where i can pinpoint some words and right. figure it out but i wouldn't be able to string a sentence together yeah Okay. When I'm with her family, uh, they just all are speaking. No one. Uh, no one understands anyone. Yeah. And there's very little English <laughs> no, being spoken. They're very, very little English. That's good. Yeah, it is good. That's I don't know. Great. I mean, but do your parents speak you, you like Russian? Russian with each other? My parents with each other? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. It's they, the language yes. they're most comfortable with. Yes. And they do to myself and my husband until my husband points out. He's like, OK, you've, like he can understand enough. And then once he gets over a certain point of conversation, he's like, no, that you got to You got to flip that language. <laughs> and so if you remind them, they'll they'll remember to flip. But if they start, it always goes in the naturally direction. Yeah. What's really uh, uh, Sona's husband, Tack, uh, who grew up in the Soviet Union. Yeah. He you know, they have these beautiful one-year-old twin boys and he has some toys. He has Soviet toys. Soviet like, toys. I did too. Like Vinnie Pooch and- What I do? Vinnie Pooch? Yes, yeah, I love Vinnie Pooch. Yeah, and and he has- uh, yeah. my, my kids did what's that. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. What's happening? I'm scared. So do my kids. Chiburashka is a so big my one. Kids. My Whirly, kids help me. Hold on. I don't know. <laughs> my kids have Chiburashka, Krakadil Gana. They watched Vinnie Pooch when we were little. What is this? What's happening? Who's Vinnie Pooch? Is Russian for Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Yes, but get this. And I don't know if your husband had the same experience that I did. But he's a good Soviet. <laughs> he makes sure that everyone gets an equal amount of honey. <laughs> the honey must be shared equally among the collective. Yeah. Oh, bother. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. So ask your husband this. <laughs> this is a little embarrassing, but I think, okay, whatever. I was talking to Ashton um, eight, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> it's amazing that they created Winnie the Pooh in Russia. Yeah. And then you guys picked it up here. Like what? An, and he went. Oh, <laughs> wow. Russia oh didn't create Winnie the Pooh. And I was like, no. damn, no, we did. We did. We had Winnie Pooh. What? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. baby. Yeah. Baby. You also, you guys also. <laughs> yeah, but sure. America, we created Elvis. No, no. America stole Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Which was just, again, a collective farming experiment on an and, island. And Vinnie Pooh sounds, he's voiced by an actor who sounds like he's just been smoking a cigarettes. A pack a day. Yes. I mean, two packs. What does he sound like? Yeah. What I do in the 
Oh my God! Who's Eeyore? Is there an Eeyore? I, I, you know what? Oh Eeyore is a Eeyore is a is a Marxist Leninist. Yeah, I can't. I can't so, handle it. And there's smoke. Can I get you again? The smoke. He's like, like they smoke. <laughs> they don't know what chiburashka is. What is chiburashka? They don't know what animal. He doesn't even know what he is. My, what my is chiburashka? My parents told me, and I already forgot what it was. Uh, it's is this not, an it's, animated it's like a character? Chipmunk looking thing. Yes, but it has like um. It looks a little bit like um, what's that? What was that? Sp- uh, people in um, Deep Space Nine, the f- um, Ferengis. He looks, like, he looks like a Ferengi. Oh my god, Corley! Like it's only because she said <laughs> F. Yes. Corley, like do I do I yes. congratulate you yes. or am I? He looks like a Ferengi. Oh my god, who's that? Yeah, Eduardo just pulled up. Is that what's his name? Chiburashka. Chiburashka, and you know what? Do you actually have a Chiburashka yes, doll? Of course I do. Mine has PJs on. Yeah. Do you realize it has a camera in it and it's watching everything you do? <laughs> Chiburaska sees all. Do you realize there's someone in a van in like Minsk yeah. watching, a sc- watching a screen monitoring you and Ashton, everything you do okay. to Chiburaska. Every now and then its head turns slightly. <laughs> Chiburaska is most displeased. I'm going to find you, Chiburaska. Oh. I'm going to get one for Oh my you. God, these are, I have to see uh, these toys. Yeah, these yeah. Are they're fantastic. They're, they're really funny. The one thing you have to be careful. And they sing. They sing. Yeah, Yeah, they They sing. sing. Like what? No, the song. You would know better. What are the... like um, I forgot the Krakadil again the song, but it's just their theme songs. They sing the theme song. The great thing is that's the people's song, so we don't have to play rights. Yeah, you know, we have to pay anybody. Exactly. We all are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I love it that, and yeah. also in American toys, they say like, watch out, could be a choking hazard. <laughs> yeah. no, With these toys, they say, no. watch out, these toys are prone to depression. <laughs> <laughs> I am sad. I must drink. Oh, man. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. this whole, oh, that's I fantastic. Could, yeah. I could listen to you two go on about No, no, oh. seriously, this is a whole other thing. You guys There's, going wait, off do, about- Do you have the Russian toy? My parents got it for him, but talk about like, this is hazardous. Mm-hmm. It's metal. With like sharp plastic, and then you push it on top, and it spins. It's like a giant spinning like. Oh no, we have we have like a plastic version of that. Oh, but oh not no, the, not OG the one. Version. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Ours, like the tin metal. top. We yes. yeah, that used to be here. No, okay. but with it, but it has like spikes. No, it doesn't have spikes. <laughs> Rotor voice. <laughs> It will detonate if you hit it too hard. No, it is. I mean, it is crazy how, uh, I mean, I see this all the time that, you know, we're so safety conscious with our toys. And when we had kids and I would go and see the toys, everything is, they've thought a million different ways. And the minute there's any hint that some little thing might be slightly hazardous, the toy is recalled. And then whenever you're over in Europe, oh, you'll yeah. see like, oh, it's spiky, the iron spike, you know? And you know. Or the slides. Yes, we the were, slides. The slides is like, a. I mean, it was a, it's a death trap. They're metal. They're very steep. They hurt you. And I kept putting my kids on them. We were in Budapest. And so we would take them to these parks and it was like steel communist parks. (laughs) And I I was just like, you want me to put my baby on that slide? And I was like, I went on him. I went on him. I'm I'm okay. If you don't, I will. (laughs) That's Yeah. yeah, None of these would pass muster. uh, There's just a different attitude. Yeah. Which sometimes is like a little refreshing. Like you get on a boat and it's like, yeah. (laughs) 
maybe we have a couple of life jackets. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Get on the boat. What's the worst that could happen? You know, it's a, it's a very different idea. It's different. Yeah. There's different. I mean, having married a Soviet, there is a definitely just like that very distinct difference yeah. in how right. he was raised and how I was raised. Yeah. yeah. Well, not how we were raised, but well, like where so, we, how we grew but up. But also yeah. it talks about when you were raised because my father's a doctor and I, uh, I said to him once, you know, this peanut allergy thing, is this new? Like, because I, you know, mm-hmm. I read history a lot and never heard about it growing up at all about peanut allergy. I said, is this something that developed later? And my father went, oh no, no, there was, there were always peanut allergies. Always. They always existed. Cause you know, this is he's a scientist. He knows this stuff. And, and I said, really? Well, what did people do then? He went, oh, uh, a lot of people died. There was a different time. Yeah, there were other priorities. Yeah, yeah, there are other priorities. Like, well, yeah. we got nine kids. Well, two of them just ate some peanuts and died. Well, <laughs> oh, the other ones seem to not have the allergy. Let's keep moving. Let's get that burrow out of the mud and get going. So um, I, I want to make sure that I talk about your movie, which I watched last night, okay. which uh, I really enjoyed, Luckiest Girl Alive. Mm-hmm. And I know this is uh, an important project for you because you're also a producer, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. This was a book. It was a book. Yeah, it was a New York Times bestseller. Well, I'm super proud of it. I think it's a really, it's it's an amazing, fun story. Well, you tell me what you think, but be, on, you what, you, but be honest. I will be completely honest with you. I thought you were fantastic. And then there's also a, a, an actress who plays you at a younger age. Kira, yeah. And Kira. she, often in movies when they cut to, it's very tricky because you're, uh, you know, you're a very well-known, iconic person. And when you cut to the, well, you are. You I mean, you're, you know, come <laughs> Thank on, you. Mila Kunis. So when they cut to a younger Mila Kunis, it's easy not to buy it. And I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. I thought there was an amazing kind of symbiotic a, a, attachment with you two where I completely bought, when they're cutting back to her, that this is you uh, at a younger age and that you have a lot of, What's made you as an adult is this trauma that you had Mm -hmm. when you were younger. And so I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it's a really hard movie to pitch or to talk about because you don't want to. It's a fun ride. I mean, I know that sounds it's a heavy topic, so I'm not trying to dilute the by saying it fun, but it's a Mm -hmm. it's an exciting story to watch unfold. I hope I think I also had the luxury of having the writer on set with me all the time who the, who wrote the book and wrote the script, who this is slightly based off of her story. Wow. And so it was just a really, honestly, it was, I know this sounds odd to say for the content of the film, but it was one of the most fun productions I've ever been on. And also when you're a producer on the film as well, doesn't, does that, I mean, every role you do, it feels like you are completely invested. Yeah. As, as an actor, does that, is anything change when you're also yes. producing? Yeah. You start realizing what budgets are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can just see you two going by the craft service table and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a lot of casserole. There could be, and there's a lot of tuna in the casserole. There could be less tuna in the casserole because that stuff isn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I mean, it is, you just understand where your own money comes from. Like you realize you're like, I'm on a double, d-. like you just realize why would I take for myself? Right. So there's a difference there. You want to make sure everything happens. Time is of the, you realize what time costs in pre-production. You understand what um, setbacks are that I, as an actor would be like, well, that's not, that's their problem. That is not my problem. You figure out a new location. And now I'm like, what we got, you gotta, uh, you gotta go figure this out. <laughs> so there's that. And then you also um, are much more vested in the outcome of the film. Right. 
So, it, you know, there's a little bit more on it. Like if it's successful, then I'll be given the right to produce more content as a producer. But if it's, you know what I mean? There's like, this is a little bit of um, new territory. So you still have to build up people's trust. I, in was, that regard. I had an experience this uh, summer where I was asked to be in a film, not a huge role. And I'd never done anything like that before. And it's not, it's not my jam. Uh, and I, I never was interested in being an actor, but the people making the film were people I really love. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I was intrigued and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do this. This is a good time. I'm not doing the late night show anymore. So I got to try this. I couldn't believe how hard it is. Oh, really? It's so different because what I'm used to is get in there, make the show. It's a kind of, it, it, they're both hard in their way. I yeah. love them, but they're hard in their way. But I couldn't believe how hard everybody on a film works. Mm -hmm. They're there all, all day. All day. Yeah. Everyone's constantly on their feet. I just was blown away. I was, I really uh, yeah. was impressed. And afterwards, they, whenever I had my last shot and they said, okay, you know, we're wrapping Conan. I just said, I have to tell you people, I, <laughs> I, I cannot believe how hard all of you work. Yeah. And so now I see films differently. Yeah. I watch films and I think, oh my God, to do this scene, over and over and over, over and, and over and over and over again from yeah. every angle and know that you're there and know it, how many people are yeah. stepping in in between takes to make sure everything's right and relighting. And yep. it's an incredible amount of work. Grueling. Yeah. Anyways. This yeah. was hard for me and I had incredibly lavish things. <laughs> yes. Put in my, I, I mean, yeah. I, my representation made sure that I was massaged they every hour. You were pampered. Oh my God. Yeah. Every scene I'm in, I'm in a bubble bath. <laughs> Which wasn't called for in the script. That was they just, just yours. They just roll it in. And I'm yeah. like, hello, gentlemen. So you're the murderer. <laughs> yes, I am. And then they'd roll me out. And it hurts the movie Are terribly. You, what, what is this? Oh, the movie is, uh, it's the, the the guys from Saturday Night Live, uh, Please Don't Destroy. Yeah. And um, they, they make these amazing shorts and they... They uh, asked me if I would do a small thing in their film, and and I did, and I adore them, and I, I love their work, and so. Uh, did you play was, Conan O'Brien? No, that was the thing that. Oh, I, you played a, a character. Yeah, because yeah. you know when a talk show host is in one of those things, it's usually as a talk show. Host. Yes, you you go in as a talk show host, and and that I got asked to do a million times, and I would you know I would do it, and sometimes I show up in a movie as you know, <laughs> hi everybody, Conan here, and we're talking to and you know, uh, fake person who, uh, you know, who was part of a, who was part of a movie and you're part of that reality, but it's not real. But this, I got to be, uh, someone who's very different from me, which was fun. Oh, know? that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Acting. Yeah. Acting. Yeah. No, 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 acting. no. I'm, yeah. And you'll, uh, I'm sure I'll be cut out. It doesn't matter. I had a real, I had a really good experience. And as long as they send me the footage that I'm cut out of, I'll be very happy about that. Um, Hey, thank you so much for being here. I, I mean it when I say, I'm very impressed with you as a person. I've, I, I really am. Thank You're you. just uh, completely unchanged by all this stuff that you've, I hope so. you've gone through. You are. You really are. I, mean, I feel like at this point, I'm almost old. I don't think it's going to change. I think this is it. <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. <laughs> You're not old yet. I don't know. Trust Next me. year, I have a whole new number that I'm you know, transitioning into. Mm. The big three zero. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was trying to convince my kids I had a new age. <laughs> So I was turning 39 and I was trying to tell my kids, I was like, okay, mommy's turning 35. Okay. I'll just practice 35. And my daughter, who's like 
like rules rules are rules like you don't mess with rules she was like you are not and you are lying and that is I mean like dead hand <laughs> and I was like yo listen let's just practice like if someone were to ask how old's your mommy what do we say and my daughter goes 39 you're 39 <laughs> and I was like ugh she's not even like my like homie I was like forget it you know I flipped over into just I'm trying to embrace that idea that when people in the old days used to were old, they were proud of it. I know. Yeah. They I were know, like, I you know. know what? I'm 70 because no one got to be 70 right. back then. Yeah. So I'm more and more get, trying to embrace the idea that I've been around a long time and you punks don't know anything. You're right. I mean, okay. that is the the real way. Like we're so fortunate that we are like we. Yes, for sure. But still, I look at that number and I go, oh, my God. I remember my parents being that number. Yeah. Oh, that I do all the time. And I was you like, do. I wanted to put them in a home then. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Seriously. They were in. very healthy. Oh, man. Active people with good jobs. And I was like, I really think it's time. <laughs> I'd have a van come show up occasionally. And they'd be like, oh no. My God. What are you talking about? We're extremely healthy, viable. Wait, is, is your dad still practicing medicine? He does still. He still, does? Uh, yeah, communicate with. He doesn't go into the lab every day, but uh, he still is thinking about it and active and he's working on antibiotic resistance. And I mean, he's been, he's been, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Both my parents have really strong work ethic. Does your so mom still work? She does not still work. Oh, but, okay. Uh, so less of a strong work ethic. <laughs> so she's a failure is what she's you're saying. Sucking on some a, a cheap box what of wine. A lazy broad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thanks for having me. See, Thanks, guys. No one got hurt. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Interesting phenomenon has been occurring lately. Mm -hmm. I'll give an example. Just a couple of days ago, uh, I was in the supermarket and I was picking up a few things. And I come around the aisle. And as I'm coming around the aisle, I practically collide with this young woman who's, we don't, we just have baskets. You know, I didn't have that much to get. I want to say I had like five items. Okay. And I'm going to say she had like four. She had a basket, but we kind of collided almost with each other. And I said, oh, excuse me. And she looked up and she had little earbuds in her ears. And she took an earbud out and she said, I'm listening to your podcast Ooh. right now. Whoa. Which freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Because it was, I'm interrupting myself. And I sent out a tweet about this. I took a selfie. I asked if it was okay. And we took a selfie and sent it out. But I realized it's been happening more frequently. 
if I'm around, walking around, I'll bump into someone and they'll say, it actually happened near our podcast studio here in Larchmont. Someone oh. said, oh, I'm listening to you right now. Huh. And it feels like we need to discuss this, meaning what should the etiquette be? Do I need to reward these people somehow? Oh. You know what I mean? Do I need I to have a Willy Wonka golden ticket on me at no. all times? Yes. If you're listening to the podcast and you can prove it as you pass me, um, is there a secret handshake? I mean, that's all. I'm just opening this up. And it may okay. be that we decide, no, there's nothing we do. <clears throat> I have no obligation to these people. But it's a phenomenon that has not existed before. No one could run into me uh, while they were watching my late night show all those years because they were in their home watching it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is a new thing where people are walking around, roaming around, possibly listening to me. And as we know, I'm not some, you know, one of those celebs mm. that is always hidden from public view. I do everything I can to be seen constantly. Right. You do. That's right. another have, thing. They yeah. might see you put the podcast on and be like, oh my God, I'm yeah. listening to you right yeah. now. Whatever pumps my ego, pumps my ego. I don't care at all. <laughs> okay with that. I'm okay with them cheating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, are there people who are listening to the podcast and see me and go, oh God, and go the other way? Does that oh. happen? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, like they I can't take embarrassed. I can't take a double dose ah. of this guy's voice right now. I uh, doubt that. I, okay. I bet they'd be more embarrassed to say, "Oh, I'm actually listening to you right now," and they'll seem obsessed with you, which you would love. Oh, I would, love, would that. love that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. get really weird when people say they recognize my voice to mm -hmm. the point where I feel like because you are also a people pleaser, so I don't know if I need to give them something. And sometimes I'm like, "Do I do I, do I give them what Conan's number?" <laughs> I love that. You're my personal assistant. <laughs> And you're <laughs> thinking about giving people my personal phone should number. Should we call you? Like, <laughs> you know what you should do is hand them your phone and say you get to pick one celebrity phone number out of there. Yeah. And guess what? I would not be the pick. <laughs> Of the, of the of the of the numbers that you probably have, but it's very I, exciting. It's just was something that I thought this is a new technology has created a new situation where someone can be hearing your voice walking around in the world and then encounter you. And so, if that happens, it feels like I I don't know. I'm just I think questioning. You should give every person that's listening to you and finds you in public a hundred dollars, and then this make this kind of like a, a, a treasure hunt. You know, I guess fuck oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> Is the appropriate response? I'm sorry. $500. Now you're talking. No, uh, no, I do not want to do that. You know, right now what happens when people see me and they want to show that they know them, and this happens all the time, is they say, Katakai! Yeah. As God, and that happens, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I mean, I, I just didn't know if there's know. a little... You know, because I, I want to, I'm very appreciative that people listen. But yeah. isn't the gift the podcast? Like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the gift's the podcast. All like, along. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, right? You should, so when people say, hey, I'm listening to you right now, you should just be like, you're welcome. Yeah, with real attitude. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. fuck you, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Maybe fuck, that's your thing. I love that. Fuck you, you're welcome. Yeah. Hey, uh, Conan, I'm just encountering you right now at this. Buddhist temple, you're lighting a candle, and I also happen to be listening to Fuck You! You're welcome! Oh, boy. So, out on the podcast, you're talking about how kindness is important. Yeah, well, that's the podcast. You're lucky to get it. It's pretty hard to get. It's actually free and available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> be like, you're welcome for your for that gift I gave you. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So we, you went one way. Gorley went to, I hand them a crisp $100 bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. Crisp. <laughs> Mint issue. We're very different. You know what? Like I that. should have gag $100 bills made. Oh. It looks like a $100 bill, but really it's my face on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, and it says, you've been conan <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making like a really lascivious face on it, and I've got moose antlers, and that's you the know. same as saying "fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's on the other side, where it, where usually there's the the pyramid with the eye. That's where there's the "fuck you." You gotta, you know, you gotta lay these things out. Yeah. Anyway, we haven't figured it out yet, but uh, if you do see me and you are listening to the podcast, when you see me, actually, you're welcome. Yeah. When you see Conan, just go up to him and go "fuck you." No, <laughs> don't, don't do that. that what if I'm with my kids? That's going to be traumatic for me. Yeah. Don't That's do what that. They say to you. Don't do that. No, not oh, don't do that. Man. Don't do that. Unless, thanks, thanks a lot, Matt. You're, you're welcome. a good guy. You're welcome. My daughter will be crying. Why did that happen? No, she'll like, probably laugh. Oh, yeah. They love it when I'm verbally assaulted on the street. <laughs> well, what a wonderful session. What a nice button to a session. Yeah. We did it again. <clears throat> yep. All right, well, I'll see you out there. Keep on listening, fans. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck you, you're welcome. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. 